three hours to tell them to go home. I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my phone numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, that guy John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog, or her cat, was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. All of these things, he would, but with her, they can put in anything. I would like for you to answer that. Okay, question. it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple that you're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> amazing i'm telling you he is more entertaining than seinfeld i'm telling you hey patriots i hope you guys are having a great day we are talking jubilee okay you will probably never hear this in most churches i you know i had to research and dig to find all this and so i'm going to share all my research with you and because we've got a there's a lot of talk about this president trump just talked about this at the meeting at the, at, the, at the town hall. I'm Melissa Red Pill of the World. I'm so glad to, to be here with you guys. I hope we're, you're going to have fun today. This is my website, freedomforce.live, freedomforce.live. Uh, <laughs> this is not your mom's Bible study. This is real digging from years and years, more than I really care to say, of being in God's Word. But now that we're awake, putting it all together. It's really, really fun. So, um, yeah. And then connecting with what, what president Trump just said at the town hall. So let's go. Let's talk about what president Trump just said when someone asked him about the, about defaulting. Okay. So, and, and what does this mean biblically? Okay. Check it out. right now could be just three weeks away from defaulting on its debt. There can be millions of jobs lost, people not getting their social security payments. Three weeks as in just after Jubilee, just, yeah, June 1, which is just after the Jubilee on, on May 28th. People believe it would put the U.S. economy into a recession. Um, on that topic, I want to bring in Marta Cervea, a student here at St. Anselm. She is an undeclared voter who did not vote in 2020. Marta, what's your question? Hi, Mr. President. Hi, uh, so my question is, what do you think about the United States' current debt situation and how can we move forward? Uh, such an important question. So we're at $33 trillion, a number that nobody ever thought possible. When we had our economy rocking and rolling just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me. They came in. Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi. And they were using, we'll violate it, we'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now. 
because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So just to be expression. clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are Republicans? We might as well do it now because you'll do it later. Because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that when you were in the Oval Office. President. So, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> The U.S. defaulting would be massively consequential well, you don't know. for it's, everyone it's, in this room, for all of you Americans. You don't know. It's psychological. It's really psychological more than anything else. And it could be very bad. It could be maybe nothing. Maybe it's a, you have a bad week or a bad day. But look, you have to cut your costs. We're, we're spending $7 trillion on, much of it on nonsense, $7 trillion on nonsense. I think that nonsense he's talking about is the interest payment on the debt that goes to the bankers, to the Federal Reserve bankers. And they have spent our money, like he's talking about drunken sailors, just outrageous money going to Ukraine and all this. And so we're not only paying on that money, we're paying the interest on that debt. I mean, and it's, it's, it just, it won't stop. It's just, it's, it's like a mushroom cloud of debt. And so that's what he's talking about. That these people have have done this to us. They put us in debt servitude. The numbers are just astronomical. And so we pay the interest on that and it's it's outrageous. And so really it's the whole thing has been fraudulent. So when someone if someone were to take your credit card and, and rack up a huge amount of debt for you, you are not responsible for that. You should not be put into slavery for someone what someone else did to you, especially when we know that the elections have been fraudulent, okay? That these people aren't even duly elected people that are doing this to us and putting us in this financial jam. All right, so that's that's what he's talking about there. Actually said, get all of that money that was wasted, and frankly, the Senate should have never approved it. Get all that money that was wasted, and if they don't get rid of that, you'll have to default. Okay? Mr. You President, default. we've got another voter here tonight. And by the way, you're going to default eventually anyway, but it's going to be much messier. I don't think you'll have to default. I think if the Republicans hold strong and they say, we want five, let's say we want five trillion dollars off, I really think the Democrats have no choice but to do it. And if I win, they're going to be doing the same thing to me in two years. I Did you hear him? He said you're going to have to, you're going to have to default. I mean, it's it's like if you personally were were put into debt servitude that you owe a trillion dollars. Just just them to throw out a number that you personally owed a trillion dollars. It's impossible for you to ever pay it back. It's ludicrous to even think about it. Okay, well, if I pay you a million dollars a month, then I'll pay you. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it is not possible to ever pay it back. Okay, so that's really where we are as a nation. It's, it's impossible. And they've done this to us intentionally to, to destroy our country. Okay, one way or another, this is the financial way that they've tried to, uh, to destroy us. That's what he's talking about there. And he says you're going to have to default, and they're going to do it. If they don't do it this year, they're going to do it next year. When you know, or you know, and he said next year, what I think, but whenever he's in there. Now, it, so that's going to bring up: is it going? He says you're going to have to default. I mean, he isn't even acting like he's even surprised about it. So imagine someone who's who's 
you know, they, we file bankruptcy in this country. There's a, this is a law that we have the ability to file bankruptcy if we get upside down. He himself has filed bankruptcy. This is, you know, what happens if someone gets in a, a completely upside down, we have the ability, and it's based upon Jubilee. It's based upon the biblical canceling of debts because you can't continue to cover all of this and pay all these expenses. You have to cut these expenses. That's all there's to it. And he, he's been through it. And so he knows what it's about. And he's, it, it doesn't even, he doesn't even look panicked about it or worried about it. Okay. And then he's going to talk about this girl. She's like, Oh, you can't do that. Okay. Check this out. Guarantee of that. Mr. President, we've got play another voter here tonight. And they did that before. Bobby Petrino has been waiting very patiently. Sure. He's a student at St. Anselm. He's a member of College Republic. Okay, I'm sorry. I wanted to share you to hear one other quick thing that he said. Hang on real quick. Okay, here she says that U.S. defaulting would be just catastrophic. Check this out. The U.S. defaulting would be massively consequential well, for it's, everyone it's, in this room for all of you. You don't know. It's like you don't know. <laughs> words, you're an idiot. You don't know. You're, you're just a, you're just a kid. You don't even know it. You don't understand any of this. Psychological. It's really psychological more than anything else. And it could be very bad. It could be maybe nothing. Maybe it's a you have a bad week or a bad day. But look, you have to cut your costs. We're we're spending seven trillion dollars on, much of it on nonsense. Seven. It could be a bad day. It could be a bad week. <laughs> He's not talking about that we're going to be, because if we don't cut the expenses that is going straight into the pockets of the cabal, we're going, our country's over anyway. Our country's over, okay? So he doesn't act like he's worried about it at all that this would happen. Okay, and I do, you know, I was thinking about this verse real quick. I want to take you to Habakkuk chapter 2 because this is really what I've, I've quoted to you guys so many, uh, so many times where it talks about, let me see, Habakkuk chapter 2. I love Habakkuk. Oh, my goodness. Um, you become rich by extortion. Extortion. You've, you've it, it, it held our arms behind our back and forced us into this debt servitude. They've become rich by extorting us. How much longer can this go on? How much longer can we just get to trillions and a billion trillions? I mean, at some point it's got to stop. It's just got to stop. Suddenly your debtors, which is us, are they, we are the debtors to these people. We will take action. We will turn on them and take all they have. While they stands trembling and helpless. This is in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That's what he's talking about. That we will, we will wipe them out. They're, all, all the debts that we, they have built up that we owe them, this astronomical amount, is going to be wiped out. This is biblical. I can't, you know, I don't know what else to tell you except this is what God's word says. I didn't put it in your Bible. Go look in your Bible. It says this in Habakkuk chapter 2. That we will, we, which are the debtors, will turn on them and take all they have because we realize it's fraudulent. It, they've stolen from us. Okay. You've plundered many nations. Now all the survivors will plunder you. We are the survivors. From all this that they've done to us, physic, you know, our health, all the rest of it, everything they've done to our country, our, just on and on. We are the survivors and we will plunder, plunder them. This is what it's talking about, and that is what President Trump is talking about. He's not quoting Habakkuk chapter 2, but this is what he understands. Financially, this cannot go on.
Okay, I want you to see that. I want you to see that. And I would, oh, I have a, I found a, a little article where it's talking about this debt forgiveness and talking about a debt jubilee, an Old Testament solution to a modern financial crisis. The overhang of debt in Europe and the U.S. has made recovery from the global financial crisis particularly, particularly tenuous. Is there a dramatic and simple way out of all this? Some argue that there is. It's called a debt jubilee. Drawn from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, the concept derives from the biblical injunction for a day of rest, one day out of every week, a Sabbath that reflects the teaching that God rested on the seventh day after creating the world in six. This is built in. Now, we have not kept the Sabbath, you know, really, you know, that we have not, we, we don't take off. When I was a kid, <laughs> which was a million years ago, we didn't, none, none of the stores were open. Anybody old enough to remember that? We, none of the stores were open on Sunday. And so this was what we kept the Sabbath. And it was built in that we took a day off and we stopped everything. So that's what it's, it's based upon that. And then there's also supposed to be every seven years, everyone takes a vacation. Everyone, uh, isn't that great? Who, who knew? <laughs> Every seven years, the land is supposed to have a Sabbath. Everyone is supposed to be able to take a vacation. A year. Is this what it's supposed to be? We're not intended to work and 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 work. Okay? We're not, that's what, not what God intended for us. So, and then also on the, after seven, seven sets of seven, on the 50th year, there's supposed to be a debt Jubilee. Let me read this this paragraph. There's another injunction for a Sabbath year every seventh year, in which the people are not to work on this on the year after the seventh of those sabbatical years, the fiftieth, one year after the forty-ninth, that there would be a jubilee year during which any slaves would be emancipated and everyone would return to their land and family to live off of natural providence. A clear implication is that all obligations, including debt obligations, would be forgiven in the process. The, the debts would be canceled. How many times have you heard me talk about this? The debts would be canceled and the captives would be freed. So no more human slaves, no more human trafficking. The Jubilee year is a moral and religious issue concept, not an economic one, and was not practiced in actual fact. Unfortunately, they were supposed to be, but they didn't because they're so greedy. Uh, it drops the religious context, but makes political and economic arguments for extinguishing all or at least some of the debts the world is currently drowning in. We're at the point where every nation is up to their eyeballs in debt, and it's why does the whole world have to be in debt servitude to 10,000 people who have you know, more gold than they could ever spend in a lifetime? Never could they ever spend all that they have stolen from us. It's, 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 it's evil to the max to leave all, these, all of us in debt servitude when, when they are just holding all of our, uh, all that we've worked for and they've stolen it and it's by fraud. Okay. Now, so I want you to see that. Okay. So let's talk about, here he's talking about this, the uh, June one. Here we are on, what day are we on? This is the 11th of May. Okay. May 11th. And so, um, we're going right here on the 28th, the eighth day of Savan. May 28th is Pentecost is the day when it marks the 50th day. Okay. 
uh, and which, which if it was the 50th year, then you would proclaim Jubilee. I'm going to read you the verse from that here in just a second. It's very interesting that Memorial Day always falls after that. And I think it's because they want to celebrate and say, yay, we made it without having to give back everything we stole. I really do think that's what the, that it, celebration is for. It's just too coincidental that it's always the day after Pentecost. And they, you know, we don't have on the calendar Pentecost, but that's really what that, that day is, that Pentecost. I'm going to read to you about what happened on Pentecost. And then right here, you know, at the, at the beginning of the next month in our, in our calendar is when they're saying that we're going to default. Now, are they going to work something out? That's what he was talking about. Are they going to resolve this and, and, and not default? It, I don't know. We're going to find out what's going to happen. I, you know, this is all new. To be honest, I would, I would, I would be surprised. I mean, I don't know what to think. I would kind of be surprised that if it were done before he gets back into office, but I'm ready. I'm ready to have Jubilee. Um, we, you know, this is ridiculous. This is, we can't continue this stupidity as he was saying. We're run, it's being run by stupid people who are just <laughs> spending money like drunken sailors. All right. So this is Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you bring the bundle of grain to be lifted up as a special offering, count off seven full weeks. So this, what he means by this, the day you bring the bundle, what do you mean by that? That is the day of first fruits. Our Lord Jesus rose from the dead on the day of first fruits. He's the first one to receive this, the new body. He's the first one to rise from the dead and that one day we will uh, receive be the, the first fruits with him, that we will get the new body that, that never can be sick or die anymore. Okay. So when you start counting seven weeks from that, and that's what I was showing you, when you go back to April, here's this Sunday, that was one, two, three, and then the fourth week was here, six, seven. Okay. So, so you can count off seven full weeks and then you've got the day of the 28th of May. Okay. So that's, that's the biblical economy. Now this is supposed to be done perpetually. You're like, oh, we're not Jewish. You know what? Leviticus is in your Bible and it's in mine. And the Lord told us to keep these celebrations. Now they have kept us doing Halloween and all these celebrations, you know, winter celebration and all this stuff, but they did not, you know, it has not been in our, um, our culture to keep the biblical festivals. And this is wrong. Why did we, you know, they, they had everything fall off, you know, little by little by little by little. And now they've you know, had the Sabbath fall off, you know, and, and so now we, we just, we, people don't even know anything about this, but this is what we celebrate on Freedom Force Battalion. And this is where our bundle is. At this point, we have uh, been keeping, uh, the, counting off the bundle. Look how beautiful our bundle is getting to be. It's getting all so full and pretty. This is the amber waves of grain. And you take this, this bundle of grain, you lift it up, and you, it's a wave offering to the Lord like the, you know, in America. America is the amber waves of grain. And we are like Joseph's bundle of grain that the others bow down to. But because we will not stop until the world is rescued. The others have acquiesced. They have handed themselves completely over to the, the cabal. But we still, thank God, have the freedom to get on here and talk and to fight and to, to do whatever God has led us to do. And we're not going to stop until these, these bad guys are defeated. That's just all there is to it. Right, so that's the the harvest festival. Interesting. I'm going to show you what happened on Pentecost because it's it's the it it is the um, indicates 
the beginning of two harvests. I'm going to show you that too. I just found out about that. I didn't realize that connection, but so, so, so cool. All right. So I want you to see that. Now, if you scroll down to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22, 22, um, look here in verse, before I do that, verse 31 says, this is a permanent law for you. It must be observed from generation to generation, wherever you live. The fact that we live in America does not mean that we don't keep this festival. The Lord told us to keep this perpetually, generation after generation. Okay, so when you look here on verse 26, the Day of Atonement, he says, be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the 10th day of the same month. This is actually in the fall, nine days after the Feast of Trumpets. We've done that every time, too. We blow the trumpets in the fall, and you must observe it as an official day for Holy Assembly, a day to deny yourselves and present gifts to the Lord. Do not work during the entire day because it is the day of atonement when offerings of purifications are made for you, made making you right with the Lord your God. All who do not deny themselves will be cut off from God's people, and I will destroy any among you who do not do who does any work on that day, you must not do any work at all. So um but back to back to I think it's a little bit higher up here. It when on this day, on this day, let me see if I can find it. On this day, maybe it's in actually Leviticus 25. Yes, on that day, and this is actually in Je, uh, Leviticus 25, the year of Jubilee. In Okay, you count off the seven Sabbath years. Okay, so you count the, the, you count the Omer bundle every year. And on that day, you count a Jubilee. And on the seventh, the seventh year, you call that a week. Okay, you call it a week. I know it's seven years, but whatever. You call it a week, so remember that. All right, so... Remember that, okay? I'm going to talk about that in just a second. So then on the seven of those, seven of those weeks, which is seven times seven years, which is 49 years, after that, you, you have the 50th year. That's when you proclaim Jubilee. You proclaim the canceling of debts and the and the, uh, the captives are freed. Look at this in verse 8 of Leviticus 25. You must count off seven Sabbath years, seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the day of, of atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a Jubilee year for you, which each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. Let's just say, for one reason or another, you became in debt servitude. Maybe because the cabal <laughs> took over everything, whatever. You, you became in debt servitude. At this point, you can go back to your land. You're, can't, you're, you're no longer a debt slave. You're every, all the debts are canceled. You're no longer a slave. You get to go home. Everyone gets to go home. And finally, so you're not perpetually in debt servitude okay this 50th year will be a jubilee year for you so go in there and read this this is not just in my bible this is in your bible too and i don't recall very many times that this has been read or taught in god's word but this you know the god put it in there and he did not take it out it is we can't go chopping things out it's this is in his word now let's look at what happened on the day of pentecost the lord jesus after he rose from the dead and he was there with them for 40 days before he left he said stay in jerusalem until you receive this amazing gift from on high so this is what happened on uh on pentecost the 50th day penta means 50 on that 50th day they'd been counting the bundle like they always did um, they, they counted this and they were there in the upper room on Sunday morning. They were together on that, that day they, they would meet together because it seemed like every Sunday Jesus would appear 
Okay, remember I was just, I just had, if you didn't see that video, I did a video just a few days, uh, about a week ago, and it was all the different appearances that our Lord Jesus had after he rose from the dead, because he wasn't with them constantly. He would just appear and he would leave. Okay, and they had to get used to he wasn't, that he wasn't going to be with them on a daily basis like he had been before. So, um, the, oh, it says in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, when it looked, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone was present, Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So this is what happened as the amazing blessing. And it was kind of like, you know, this kind of looks like a little fiery, you know, flame that would appear on them. The kind of the blessing of the, of the harvest. And then they were able to go and harvest souls. They had the ability now by the Spirit of the Lord and by the ability to speak these languages wherever they went, they could then go and share the gospel and bring in the harvest of God's people all over the world. They hadn't really understood that. They had just they had this small-minded thinking that they would just have be be uh, having the kingdom in Israel, but the Lord says go into all the world and preach the gospel baptizing them and, and, and teaching them everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I'm, I'm with you always, even into the end of this age, into this church age. So as soon as you would fill the world with believers all over the world, the gospel would be preached throughout the whole world. Then you would, he said he would return. Okay, so we are, that's where we are. That's where we are on the timeline. This, we've completed the age and ages 2,000 years. Okay, so this is what happened on Jubilee. This is what happened on Jubilee. Now, I want to tell you, okay, so I get so excited about this because I, I just love this. Okay, this is, um, okay, so I want you to see in, that Pentecost is the, is the signal of two harvests. Of course, here we are in the springtime. We've, we're getting these harvests. This grain has been growing and it's time to cut the, cut the, the, the Omer. And that's why we would count the Omer because we've, we've been able to, you know, it's grown. We, right. We've had this, we've had this bundle. So uh, we've had this uh, growing so we can go out and, and pick the, the harvest. And it's time for the Lord to pick the harvest, the harvest. So what is he going to do? Now, many of these people teach that, oh, that means he's going to harvest us and have us leave the earth. No, <laughs> that's not what he's meaning. That is not what he means. He did not do all this to build up his believers all over the earth for us to just be harvested and taken to heaven. That is not what it was intended for. And our Lord Jesus told us his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say everything's going to happen in heaven. He says it's going to happen on earth. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's what's, that's, they, they, they lied to us. And if you haven't read my books, uh, go to, uh, Amazon and you can look up the books and times and a thousand years of peace. This is the one. And I break down what the truth is about the great truth about end times is the end times for them and a thousand years of peace for us. And all that I, I, uh, uh, you know, was able to decode. Thank you, Lord. I, I put into this, into this book now. All right. So I want you to see that in Revelation chapter 14, there are two harvests. And the one harvest is, uh, he says, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. You know, and they want to teach us, oh, you, uh, the people are so evil and God is angry with them and he wants to destroy the people. No, he's here to rescue us. 
He's here to rescue us from these evildoers who have done such damage to us. He's here to rescue us because all of the world has been trying to figure out, Lord, we trust you, but how do we get, how do we get out from under these people and their evil, their evil deeds? So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. And, you know, Mike Lindell talks about that, that there's going to be a, just a great harvest, a great, rev, a great um, awakening, a great, um, uh, what does he call it? Uh, a great revival. Okay, so that's what that one's about, okay? So that is the first harvest. And then the second harvest, again, Pentecost is, talk, is the kickoff of two harvests. So this is the second harvest. Didn't realize that that was at Pentecost. Pretty cool. Um, and another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. This is talking about the, 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 the evildoers, the New World Order cabal, all these evil ones will be gathered, they will be harvested, and they will be crushed. This is what the Bible says is, is the, the second harvest, the grapes of wrath, the grapes of wrath, and they will be trampled outside the city, out, out, out. They will have to be get, it will be cast out, and they will be punished for what they have done to us. Now, here's the fun part. It's all fun part, but anyway. Okay, so I was, um, when I was researching and trying to answer these questions that so many people, oh, well, what about the 62 weeks? And, oh, it's very complex. It is so complex. And I was like, Lord, please help me piece this together. And so once I understood, because we started celebrating the Omer, we started keeping the festivals, and now we understand what the Jubilee is about. We understand what the harvest is about. We understand what the weeks are about. It's seven years of this, and then 49 is the Jubilee. So we now we understand that now... When you go to uh, Daniel chapter 9, all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, now I understand what this week's is about, okay? Because all the, I'm just telling you, everybody I've ever read from Daniel 9, they talk about this, this, this 62 weeks and the 70 weeks and all that. They, it's, it's, they're not, they don't understand the biblical festival, so they are interpreting it incorrectly. Okay, so this is in Daniel chapter 9. I have other videos on it that you can go and look at uh, on my channel, freedomforce.live. And if you go here and you look at the videos, uh, you look at the categories, you look up the festivals, and you can, you can read more about what happened there. Okay, so... So here he's, he's talking to these angels and the angels tell him 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Okay, so Daniel is here. This is about 450 years before Christ. And so he's he's praying to the Lord, when, you know, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. And he's like, 70 weeks are determined, okay, but... It's not, it wasn't exactly like Daniel was expecting it to be. And he was saying it, it's going to be, it, it wasn't starting, that 70 weeks was not starting at that very moment for him. And so he had to, you know, it was like, just like us, when we're trying to look at some of these prophecies, when does this start? How does this happen? So he says that 70 weeks were determined for, for the world to be set free from this evil. Okay, and this is really talking about what Christ would come to do on the cross. Okay, he's, he's pointing to that plus, plus when the Lord Jesus would be crowned the king of the world. 
Okay, so I'm going to show you how this how this works. And I remember the day, those of you who've been with me for a long, long time, you know, and the Lord was helping me piece this together. And I was sharing it with you as, as, I, as I found another piece and another piece and another piece. And we're praying together to get this revelation. And, you know, the Lord helped me to you know, put this together in this book, End Times and a Thousand Years of Peace. I'm like, I still don't understand it, but I said, I'm starting, I think I'm starting to get it because we've been doing the bundle of, of the Omer bundle and I'm starting to understand the weeks. And so I said that you guys pray, pray, because I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, 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 it's congealing in my mind. I think I'm finally starting to get it. And you guys did. And it, 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 it materialized. It was like a, it was just a miraculous understanding and it was because of us praying together and, and working together to get this done. Anyway, so verse 25, no one understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street should be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. Why are they, why is he separating out seven weeks and 62 weeks? I didn't know. I didn't understand. Why would he do that? Why would he, why didn't he just say 69? Right? Why is he doing that? Okay, so I was going to show you. In the book, uh, I talk about, let me try to make this a little bit smaller, make me smaller. Okay, so here's the chart of Daniel's prophecy. Remember, a week, seven weeks, is a seven-year period, okay? And it, um, it it's talking about all these, the, the weeks, every time you have, um, this, this, you would have a seven weeks, you would have a jubilee of the 49 the 49 years, the 50th year is a jubilee. And at that point, all the debts are canceled and the captives are freed. Everyone gets to go home to their land so that they can, can you know, start over and hopefully not get in debt servitude again. Okay, um, so they had the edict to rebuild Jerusalem. Remember that? And they went back to Jerusalem. That was in 467 BC. And then after 50 years, Nehemiah had the jubilee. Nehemiah, good old Nehemiah. And they, they have this talk where they talk about this in the book of Nehemiah and they, they are blowing the trumpets and they're saying everyone is, is, is uh, all their debts are canceled and everyone is free and we have a do-over. We get everything, we gets all the debts get wiped out. And it was amazing. And this is, of course, because Nehemiah and Ezra, they were determined to follow the Lord's uh, word and to do his will. And they would read the word to everyone and say, this is the way we're going to do it. And, you know, Hopefully you won't get into debt again, but if you do, in 50 years, once once in a lifetime, you would have your debts wiped out. But, <laughs> okay, let me, but before I say that, so that's where it comes up with why he said this in pink or the blue right now here, the seven weeks, why he broke it down into the seven weeks, because he's saying there shall be seven weeks. That's when Nehemiah kept the Jubilee. Okay, but then the 62 weeks is when they didn't. And the next time they may some cockamamie excuse. No, we can't keep the Jubilee now. No, we can't keep it now because we're in, you know, we've got to pay for the roads or whatever cockamamie excuse they had. We can't afford to do it. And that made some kind of excuse. And so they didn't keep it like Nehemiah did. They didn't keep the Jubilee. You see my little paper thing here? No Jubilee, no Jubilee, no Jubilee, no Jubilee, no Jubilee. Uh, no jubilee. And then it was coming up on 63 weeks, coming up on 63 weeks. And our Lord Jesus was going into Jerusalem right there at the beginning of the counting of the Omer as if he was going to keep the jubilee. 
And you know, if they hadn't put him on the cross, then he would have, right? But remember what it said here in Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, after 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off. We're like, he's not going to, he's not going to give him back what we've stolen fair and square. Not going to happen. He was cut off from doing it. He can't keep the Jubilee for them. But not, he wasn't cut off for himself. The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the, and the sanctuary and the end shall be with a flood till the end of the war. Desolations are determined. He shall confirm the co a covenant with many for that one more week, right? Because you've got, let me go back. In Daniel chapter, right up here, 62 and 7, that's 69. What about this? that one more week? This one more week. That hasn't happened yet. The Jubilee has not been kept for all these years. From this, Even since our Lord Jesus died and rose again, we still have never kept the Jubilee where the debts are canceled. Where it's, it's been being done biblically. And so he shall, con but he will, our Lord Jesus, will confirm a covenant with many for one week. He will complete, he will confirm this covenant. He will confirm what God has told us to do and to cancel these debts. And, and to set the captives free because he's the king of the world. That's why he's going to do it He for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the end, the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. That's a, a weird kind of way of saying it. But anyway, even until the consummation, which is determined and is that is poured out on the desolate. Anyway, the point, the point that that's a very strange, uh, uh, reading of it. But when you compare the New King James to the NLT to the King James to the NIV, you, basically this is saying that the the evildoers will be destroyed at this consummation. At this and they will be they will be stopped from their evil to to enslave humanity from financially enslave and every other way to enslave. This is what is talking about and everyone will be free. This is what it's talking about. This is where, and this is where we are in the timeline uh, of, of humanity. This is where, where we are. So this is, isn't that amazing? I'm so excited, so thankful to, still to have been able to understand that. And so read more of the, this is in the, like I said, in the book, End Times and a Thousand Years of Peace. Now, um, I have so much more to share with you, but I wanted to just very briefly talk to you again about verse 22. It's so interesting that so much of this is verse 22. But anyway, Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. I want you to remember um, that you might be in a position where you feel that you are hated and despised. And it's because it's not, don't take it personally. Do not take it personally. Try so hard to just go shake it off. It's not about you personally. You are precious and you are loved and you are a, a, a you know, of great uh, honor in in the Lord's sight. Okay, and so when someone is um, treating you that way, don't like I said, don't take it personally. Understand that you are speaking the Lord's words, and they have many of these people are brainwashed, and they don't understand why you're saying what you're saying. Okay, so just understand that this is your role in this day, and maybe you've been kind of like me. You've been kind of. Uh, <laughs> You've been speaking truth for a while and you try to, you know, be nice, but you have to speak truth and you've already had a little, uh, taster of what it is to be mistreated or hated because of what you say, but you're like, I have to say it. I have to say the truth that I can't stop saying the truth that I know is true in God's word. And so 
you know, the Lord, that's one of the reasons likely that the Lord chose you for this day because you've proven yourself to be a person of honor. You've proven yourself to be a person that, that is, uh, is not afraid to be hated. You're not ashamed of the gospel. You're not ashamed of, of telling the truth that is in God's word. So he's very proud of you for doing that. And so, um, I want you to read what the, he said here is, um, when you're arrested, I hope you're not arrested, but if you are, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at that right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. And I just want you to know he's very, very proud of you for speaking the truth in love. Now, verse 21, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you're persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I'll tell you the truth. The Son of Man will return before you've reached all the towns of Israel. In other words, you can't. <laughs> you might have gone from one to another, to another, to another, to another. But you won't have gone to, uh, have exhausted out every town before, you, uh, before uh, the Lord Jesus returns. So the point is, I want you to just know that you'll be hated. You, if you're hated, for Christ's sake, you're blessed. And don't worry if just know that he is very proud of you. And I, I have to say, um, our president is clearly not afraid of being hated. He's, you know, and he's a great example in that, that, you know, he, you know, he's just, he's going to do what he's got to do to save America and to, 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 to tell the truth. And he doesn't really care what they say about him. It's really have you ever seen a billionaire like that? <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, they figured surely there was no way he would after he would have stood the test of time after he's been treated so badly for so long and he's still right there standing. It's absolutely amazing. And his name is Trump. Pretty amazing. Very amazing. So, you know, just just um, let's just take that a lesson from him and let's keep standing and let's keep doing the truth. And I don't know if it's going to be Jubilee is going to be this year. I hope it is. Or if it's going to be next year or when it's going to be. But this very, very hopeful celebration is is to say one day it will happen. It will happen. The Lord has uh, promised that he will keep this Jubilee. And, uh, and he, he promises he will, can, he will confirm that covenant with many for one week. He will confirm this covenant. He will keep that Jubilee. And it's going to be not just for this little town and uh, uh, place in Israel. It will be for the entire world. Okay, so I want you to be encouraged by that. Um, and the last thing I wanted to read before we go, as I was reading a little bit of Habakkuk chapter 2, but I'll read the last little bit of Habakkuk chapter 3, because basically, the, in a nutshell, and I've got a whole videos on Habakkuk, so, so I would just really encourage you to go watch those. But, but basically, Habakkuk was like, why don't you hear my prayer? Why don't you do what I'm asking you to do? And he, the Lord said, in that was in chapter 1, and in chapter 2, he, the Lord told him, basically, that we're going to plunder them. We will plunder them, and we will destroy them, and it's going to happen. And so in chapter 3, this is what Habakkuk said. He says, you know, I'd heard about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. You know, I, I'd heard about you, but I didn't get it. Okay. I just didn't get it. He realizes the Lord is brilliant in his splendor. He says, pestilence marches before him. Plague follows close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He's like, I was so dumb to think of myself that I knew better than the Lord 
Hello, hello. So if you're sitting there saying, how long is this going to go on? Why is the Lord, why is this taking so long? Blah, blah, blah. Do you think you're smarter than the Lord? Okay, <laughs> take a lesson from Habakkuk. You're not, and I'm not. Okay, so we just trust the Lord and his plan. So then right here, it says, the Lord is going to do this. Just as surely as he's going to keep the Jubilee, he's going to keep the, uh, he is going to destroy the wicked. There's no doubt about it. The Lord will have the harvest of the people uh, uh, where they'll, they'll be have, receive the blessing and he's going to have the harvest of the grapes of wrath. Don't doubt it. You marched across the land in anger and trampled the nations in your fury. You went out to rescue your chosen people to save your anointed ones. That's us. You crushed the heads of the wicked and stripped their bones from head to toe. With his own weapons, you destroyed the, ch the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind thinking Israel would be easy prey. You're Israel and I'm Israel. We are the lost tribes of Israel all over the world. They thought we'd be easy prey, but the Lord is rescuing us and stripping them from head to toe. As it says, you'll be penniless and helpless, right? Um, you trampled the sea with your horses in mighty waters piled high. I trembled when I heard this. I'm like, oh my goodness, the Lord is going to destroy them. He is going to tear them limb from limb. He's going to leave them in, in utter ruin. And he's trembling, not because of fear for himself. He's trembling because he realizes what the Lord's going to do to these evildoers. And he was trembling at the thought of it. My legs gave way beneath me. I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. That's the key verse in the entire book of, of uh, short book of Habakkuk. It's only three chapters. I'll shut up. <laughs> in other words, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to just sit and wait and be patient and trust the Lord and his plan. I'll wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. There's a psalm, and I can't remember which one it is. It says, I was, I was a fool. When I looked at the wicked and I was, I was jealous that they got away with all their evil. And then I saw their end. And then I saw their end. And it made Habakkuk shake in terror. It made the psalmist shake in terror. And that's what our focus has to be on. The Lord will destroy them. And we will have a thousand years of peace on earth. And they will be gone. The Bible says we will look for our enemies and we will not be able to find them. Look at this. I don't know if this is going to happen this Jubilee or next, if Jubilee is next year or when it's going to happen. Okay, I don't know. Verse 17, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the, in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation. Even if... We have nothing, <laughs> even if no matter what, no matter what happens, even no matter how crazy it gets, I will trust the Lord and his plan. That's what he's saying. That's the, what, after he's frustrated, he's like, how long is this going to go on? Finally, Habakkuk gets to this place of faith. And this is where we have to be all the time. This is why I think you guys are here because this is where I, I live. This is where I sit all the time. I trust the Lord and his plan. No matter what happens, I trust that he will save us. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. How about that? How about that? The Lord, sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, 
able to tread upon the heights. And so you guys will all tread upon the heights. We're going to tread on these high places. We're not going to be in the, down in the doldrums. We're going to be treading on the heights knowing the Lord is going to save us no matter when, no matter how, no matter whatever happens. We know the Lord is, has set these things in motion and he is going to rescue us. And all the awakening that we're seeing is clear proof that that's what's happening. That's there's no no doubt about it. If you're new to the channel and you haven't gone to see free, uh, go. These are my three books, uh, and uh, how it's biblical, literally end times, and a thousand years of peace. End times, major clues for minor prophets. End times. This is biblical. This is this. There's no doubt about it. The minor prophets told us. The revelation told us, and all these Bible stories. So if you have, you just enjoy the 17 Bible stories that are showing exactly. The Bible stories all told us exactly what was going to happen. Every Bible story you've ever read is really a, a footprint of what we're seeing in this day. And this is the sign of the Son of Man. If you haven't seen my videos about the sign of the Son of Man, please go and check them out. Because this is the time clock that says, ding, 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 ding. It's time for the Great Awakening. It's time for the Battle of Armageddon when we will cast these evil doers out. This is the truth of, of God's word. I'm so thankful to be able to share it with you. But yeah, this is it. This is a, right there on Amazon. Uh, and it's all, all three for $2.99. Let's pray. Thank you again, Lord. We praise you that you are the king of the world and nothing can stop what is coming. You will, you are going to complete what you started. And uh, you told us to go and to spread the gospel and to, to raise up your believers all over the world. And that has surely happened. And as surely as that has happened, uh, as surely as that has happened, we, you will set every one of us free. We will all have jubilee. We will all have debt forgiveness and, and, and health and restoration and days that we can't even yet imagine. Eyes not seen and ears not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what you have prepared for those who love you. We're so excited, so thankful to be living in this day. Lord, we don't care. People hate us. We don't care. We don't care. We don't care. Uh, we just, we're not worried about any of that. We are just want to uh, show ourselves to be honorable and faithful to you. And because you are the one who loved us and died for us. And so we want to show ourselves uh, faithful also because of what you've done. We pray all this in your wonderful name, King Jesus, and wait on you because you are the God of our salvation and that you make us tread on the heights. We pray all this in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. I love you guys so much. I'm jetting out of here. I've got somebody probably at the door right now and I'm going to jet and I will talk to you later.